<laughs> Hello, welcome to the slow-talking, honest wargamer. Uh. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm joined by Mr. Adam Mumford in the show. Hello, Adam, how are you? Nah. No. <laughs> I'm great. Fine. You? I won't enunciate myself slowly. I enunciate Instead, yourself. I will talk. I prefer, prefer people that you have on that talk better than you. you know, like... <laughs> Who? Swedish people. Yeah, literally. Like going yesterday, he enunciated way better than you. Way better. So, way better. Like, yeah. I can actually, you know, I enjoyed that. It yeah. <laughs> uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Bobbin, uh, Face and Bases, Draconda, Scott B, Chris CB, Joe PLC. What up, Colonel Cabbage? Uh, me and Adam today. Uh, I'm going to be catching up with Adam. I just want to see how he is generally. I might just do a bit of a catch up with you guys as well. Uh, podcast bros. Fire up the water shotgun and fire it right into your face. Full that got of water. weird. All right, yeah, got Jesus. Weird. Yeah, get that water in your eyeballs. Um, <sighs> uh, big love to you, and thank you to everyone on Patreon. Uh, today, me and Adam are going to be talking about the team compositions from the Age of Sigmar Worlds TTS event. It's a bit confusing now because I now know of at least three Age of Sigmar Worlds team events, so I'm a bit confused. There's one in Sweden where it's just a person represents a country, so it's yeah, so like, my, I think my friend John was Mexico uh, last year. So that's. Then I would have been Mexico. Yeah, then you've got the TTS Luxembourg. Worlds. You could be Luxembourg, definitely. Ah, oh, McLeod, thank you for resubscribing. Then there's the TTS Worlds, and then there's Age of Sigmar World Team Championships in real life. So. Uh, Just gotta connect know. the dots. Maybe it's all like a big conspiracy theory to throw us all off. Maybe it's just, yeah, it's just a lockdown and everyone's got super weird. Uh, so, gonna be doing that. But before we talk about any of it, uh, D Fraser, can I be Antarctica? You can, because you're cold. That's on, ice. Oh, that's a cool as shit. Oh, I want to be Antarctica. No, I've called it now. Sorry. <laughs> hey, could it? Hope you're well. Tom Dix, thanks for being here. Uh, Adam, my love. Yes. How you been? Hi. What you been up to? Um, yeah, I've been all right. I've been getting angry at 3D printers um, because. Apparently, they just like to break every so often, and then they take you millions of hours to fix. And then when you realize what the problem is, you're like, uh, why didn't I try that first? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that was the main thing. Um, but I've been painting Liberators. You've cause... been painting Liberators? Yeah, and I've got a Griffhound on the table now, because they're cool. Okay. Like All right, how many Griffhounds are in your list? Uh, eight. Eight Griffhounds? Eight, eight Griffhounds? You have to take six for the battalion, and then I got two from the little dudes. So, okay. yeah, so I've got a fair few Griffhounds that are just going to walk around causing trouble. So, are you planning on doing the Liberator list as, um, a, like, as a real life army? Uh, yeah, man, I've got it. I've got uh, all sixty Liberators, which nice. are on my I want to say painting place, but it's just on the floor next to the printer. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to say I've got a designated area, but yeah, it's on the floor next to my printer where I sit huddled over going, <laughs> why? Again, um, Adam, with that fantastic green screen background of a student's flat. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. This is definitely not how I live. Uh, and if anyone thinks that students have money, um, I can tell you we don't. We on don't. that note, if anyone wants to buy my Warhammer, I'm broke. So please message me. Um, is well, that because yeah. you own loads of Liberators? Is that what we're talking about? Uh, no, it's because I bought a 3D printer because I have no impulse control. <laughs> <laughs> Who so, does? Who does? Yeah. In, the, in the world of wargaming, who has <laughs> impulse control? What really impresses me when people see like a new model come out and they're like, hmm, yeah, I photoshopped the colours I want on it and oh, it's mate. not what yeah. I want. Yeah, so I won't buy it. And then the other guy's like, I bought it all! And you're like, oh. That's me. Yeah, like, I, I, I listened to Darren's List Diary show with the Liberators, and an hour later I'd bought the whole army. You bought the whole like, with army? No, with no, you know, question. It was just like, boop, bye. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> James, James, after Monday's show, where we talked about the Zinch lists, James keeps messaging me saying, I keep looking at ways to create spawn, and also spawn. And I'm like, number one, don't buy spawn. Uh, General Beef, thank you for resubscribing. Big love to well, you. He messaged me the other day because I'm selling my Zinch. And he was like, can I have like all 12 flamers? And I was like, no. No, you can't <laughs> just have the flamers. <laughs> yeah. <So>. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
forgive it, the chat has said, I just bought a Nurgle army on Impulse today. What did you buy? That's quite interesting. Nurgle is a great army to buy on Impulse. That was my first, like, proper Age of Sigmar army. And, like, painting that was just lovely. It was my best painted army. It's so fascinating when you look at the Nurgle book and then you say to yourself, huh, Black Kings really are the only thing bringing this thing up to up to scratch. Really. Like, the, shh, shh. Back when Playgrounds were good, that was what I liked. Yeah, Those I liked it when there was more than just a unit. Uh, I think that's good. Um, so Rura says, uh, I'm four, three armies deep in 40k and in AOS, start collecting in 2017. Ooh. Okay. All right. Well, that's you like that's another pretty good. Army, because I one, um, and <laughs> you like it, but please message me. Hey, uh, Chris Eby, I'm taking a Zinch spawn list to the Vic GT this weekend. Good luck with that, bud. Um, if you would like more Zinch, please message me. Um, I'm selling a Zinch army. Thank you. The more Zinch, the better. Please, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have right, so... noodles now for a week. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I've been 3D printing a ton of stuff as well, actually, at the moment. Uh, which is super fun. I've just started on trophies for the uh, events that we're going to hold at the TSN Arena, which is quite cool. Uh, yeah. I'm going down the route of uh, 3D printing uh, busts. So, you know, like, so I've got I thought you said really bus cool... for a second, and I was like, <laughs> why are you 3D printing buses? Just like, woohoo! <laughs> so, yeah, I've, uh, I've, uh, I've done um, uh, a Minotaur head body, which I think nice. looks super cool. Um, and it's on like a little plinth, and then I'm going to either buy some plinths or. 3D prints and prints at the minute, and I think that's that's super fun, and they look great. And I don't know if I just keep them as kind of the grey plastic, or if I spray them, and I kind of have like a gold one or a metal one or something. If like that. you spray them, mm. right, just before the event or just before they need to be given out, right, and then give them out while they're still wet. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. That that is the strategy I plan on doing. Yeah, actually. I'll do that. Um, <laughs> all I want is a bust of Rob's face. Wow, you cannot have that. That'd be like that'd be that's... great. Yeah. <laughs> All the things you could do with it. <laughs> right, anyway, so we talk about what we're here to talk about today and also Twitch chat. Thanks for being here. Love you loads. Uh, we are still, if anyone's interested, podcast bros or anyone in the world, still waiting on the application for partner status to come through from Twitch. So we still do need to hit those 100 people a day sort of thing. Um, it's been like it me, I was on the phone to Vincey V yesterday and I was chatting to him and he asked me how long it's been. It's actually been six, no, uh, eight weeks since we applied. Uh, and, it's meant to only take, and it's only meant to take three. So maybe that's a good thing. Is it? I don't think. Like, I don't think. Like, if I was like, "Hey, Adam, do you want to get a date?" and you were like, "Yeah, I'll get back to you," and then it was like eight weeks later, you'd be like, "No, I don't think he's interested." At least they thought about it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, it wasn't an impulse decision. Yeah, <laughs> and as we, Twitch is owned by Amazon, right? Twitch is owned by Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's like they're used to doing things really fast. And maybe they're like, you know what? This time, we're just going like, to take it slow. Maybe with some, some companies like it that they own, they're just like, look, we've got Amazon Prime. Like, that's enough on our plate right now. We're just going to do this. We're just going to not pay with, people enough. And, we can't and be asked with Rob's Twitch channel. It's too much of this. It uh, is. Woohoo! Yeah. But anyway, I appreciate all of you being here. Partner or no partner, who gives a who gives? A I chance? want to know who does that. Like, who has that job that's got to go through it? And they're just like, oh my god, why? And like, what type of Twitch accounts they've got to try and work out deserve it? It's like <laughs> because they probably get some really weird stuff. It's like, nah, not having that. Have you seen uh, VTubers? Something I was looking at last night. Do you know what a VTuber is? I have no idea what that. Okay, just for everyone at home, because I thought that this would be hilarious. Because the guys from Blood Bowl contacted me about doing some Blood Bowl coverage. And I was like, what would I do? And I was like, it'd be so cool if you could have, like, you know, like a big orc guy and a thing. So a VTuber is someone who uses, like, facial recognition software to, like, mirror their face. And then they have, like, a 3D avatar instead. Sometimes you can have, like, weird, like, anime girls and obviously never go through those people's search history. But what you could also do is you can have, Why like... Not? Well, because they're probably awful human beings. I would like the reason, please. <laughs> In graphic detail. Anyway, I, I thought what would be cool if you were doing Blood Bowl coverage is to like pay someone to do some like good VTube sculpts for your two commentators, and you could have like an orc, not an anime girl. Let's be clear, an orc and like like an undead guy, and then they would be your like casting team. So it would still be just would like, let's that see. Would that be a cool idea, though? Is there... All right, fine. Would it? I'll ask you now. 
Is that a cool <laughs> idea, Adam? Twitch chat, is that a cool idea? I thought... Do you not think? I just, like, as long as, like, maybe we could choose your own. Like, because I want to be, like, a, you know... Yeah, anime well, you girl. You do one for each commentator. See? Like, if you had, like, regular commentators, you would have regular VTube skins. You know when we talk about, like, yesterday, I, I said in your chat that the, the stigma for being a nerd is going away? Yeah. That's not going to help. <laughs> Fine. I was just <laughs> thinking how to up the quality so, of a production. regular person turns it on and is like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> highly, tem- highly tempted to at least do it once and do a show with Nathan just so he's confused as shit for an entire show. I mean, that would be hilarious. But... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. About- the chat is on different. They're in different areas. Like, Big Boob Orc anime girls. Yeah. <laughs> Jog's like, is it Big Boob Orcs? Like, what's the situation here? Can it have an Orc anime girl? I think probably of all the Twitch chats in all the land, our Twitch chat is not the right Twitch chat for this to be a suggestion. No. No. Uh, Nathan. <laughs> that would be brilliant. <laughs> it's to get a Nathan avatar and just do Nathan things. This anyway. is what I want now. Anyway. Now I just want to see it just to see what it is. Uh, hello, uh, N.A. Brooks, uh, Max Headroom YouTube. We can do it all. It'll be brilliant. Uh, hello, everyone. Thanks for being here. Right, so the hello. TTS World event stats. So let me just take you through what, what we're looking at today. So the uh, lovely fellow called Matt Tyrrell um, set up the four-man AOS World Championships via TTS. Via TTS, right? Okay. So teams yes. of four. Now, um, you just generally pick to be from a country, I think, is is the, the general scope of it. Uh, so again, I think when probably... it says world, it just means that it's people from all around the world. I don't think yeah. it's like a, you know, you choose. I want to be do, England. I'm 100% doing the AOS Universal Championship. Like, who doesn't want to, like, everyone will be like, where are you? I'm like the Universal Champions as opposed the to the Champions. <laughs> the moons! <laughs> Uh, right, okay, so um, uh, the format, Adam, you've looked a little bit about the format. What do you think of the format? Or do you want to tell everyone about the format before we get on to what you think? Yeah, so team composition, your, your, your uh, four-man teams. Um, but there, there's a bit of a caveat for your lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, every list has to be from a different Grand Alliance. So because there's four of you, you have to have one Chaos, one Order, one Death, and one Destruction. Um, which is... I think the idea of it was to create more list diversity. And in my opinion, it's done the opposite. Yeah, so you guys may have seen some of this. And I think actually this gets into a whole conversation about events in general over the next six months to a year for Age of Sigmar generally. So a conversation I had uh, yesterday and a conversation I'm probably going to keep having uh, actually as we talk about like... um, uh, uh, diversity and also meta representation. Let's talk about what, what I mean by that. This is super important, super super important. Yeah, <laughs> super important. Now, in my opinion, yeah, and if you don't agree with me, truly I don't care. Uh, I don't. Is <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what the opinion, opinion is, but I'm just going to assume. All right, carry on. In my opinion, the worst case scenario for a game's health to be in is that we end up with. 50% of the field being the same army. Yeah? Right? Like, it just feels... It feels really weird. It feels wrong. And like, and also, like, I would like it so that everyone... Everything has the chance to compete. And if you are going to mess around with how people can play lists and how people can play armies or what's happening on the tabletop, I would argue that you want to be looking at something to push the parameters so that everything can compete, basically. That you get more diversity. Now, some people won't think that that's okay some people are like whatever like we'll just pick the top army and i'll go take it to an event i don't know adam like where do you sit on this and twitch chat where do you sit on this for me i th- i feel like that diversity it creates a better game and it's a better environment and it's a better thing for all what are your thoughts yeah like list diversity is you know i, I don't want to go to an event and play five seraphon like if i'm going to a two-day event i don't want to come up against the same armies over and over again it's just boring and it's not a challenge so if i'm playing five seraphon armies for example i go right my game plan is this and then next game oh look guess what my game plan is the same thing again um and it just gets really dull 
boring. And yeah, I, I, I'd like to be able to play something like, I want to see Stinch and Seraphon still. I still want to see those, you know, top armies, those the, the, like gross things. But I still want to play against like, like a Nurgle army that's trying to do like a defense build. Or I want to play like a Feck army that's trying to punch me in the face. And like, I want to see different play styles as well. So not even necessarily just lists, but different play styles of lists. Yeah, of course. So, and there's a, there's a difference there, right? Uh, as uh, as as Nathan is pointing out in the chat, lovely to see him. Uh, the concept that obviously <laughs> a team list normally bans you from having like different um, uh, the same list more than once, or sometimes it's the same models more than once. Um, uh, and I think that that's good. And I think one of the things that we're seeing in the future, um, uh, like, oh, sorry, one of the things that we've seen in the past already is in 40k when Iron Hands was so prevalent, like it was, we did coverage of an event at the time and it was like, it wasn't which Iron Hands was going to, it wasn't if Iron Hands were going to win, it was which, and it was like, so now we're playing Necrons versus Iron Hands, and we're going over to Dark Angels versus Iron Hands, and we're Tau versus Iron Hands, and it was like, <laughs> it was wild. It great was wild. time, great fun. Yeah, great time for everyone. Um, yep. <laughs> Uh, so for me, that makes the best the best sort of matchup. And teams can like it can go all sorts of wrong. Uh, let me just read what the guys in the chat are saying here. Um, Liam Jordan says, and also thanks for resubscribing. The game isn't just about the best army, so I can't see fifty percent of the field being the top two three armies at all. No, I, I obviously Liam, I don't. That isn't going to be the case. Uh, <laughs> well, apart from this setup. Um, <laughs> uh, what I more mean is that yeah, like I mean Iron Hands was like 50% of the field. Uh, but yes, the, the events generally and tournaments generally, and also when you're playing with your mates, generally, of course, it's not just a conversation about the best army. Just you and your mate are just rolling some dice. It's not about the best army. When you talk about events, there's a conversation there, I think. Um, part of the reason I love this hobby is seeing so many different cool models and armies from people. Seeing the same list of models at events gets done quickly, says Tom Dix. I think that's fair. Zip, zap, wrap. I want this diversity. Four players, four lists. 2,250 points, two 2,000 points, and 1,750. Fuck, that's weird. <laughs> that's super weird. Wait, so you can... The pairing is that point. Right, I'm going to put my 2,250 points against, against your 500-point uh, list, okay? Um, uh, Pete says, I don't think it would have mattered much removing the Grand Alliance restriction. It would have still just been Seraphon plus Inch, but only with a combination of DOK, IDK, KO, and Lumineth making up the bulk of the rest of the field. Grand Alliance order event. Now, that, of course, is its own thing, because, of course... The game right now is very polarized in, well, not like super polarized, not as bad as it's been in the past when you had Vanguard Wing or as bad as when you had Sinesh or DOK, for example, uh, Riding High or Flesh Eater Courts. Um, it's not as, it's not as, well, maybe it's not as bad. Well, as so, so, so for that point, like, there's, um, I, I've got like a bit of an argument against that for later, later on, um, but essentially, like, you probably would see less Seraphon and Zinch if you had more, if you had it opened just because of the counters to other armies. But that's like a whole, like, you know, thing that I've got. I've got like a little prepared thingy for later. Okay. So I, I, I'm going like to smash this argument later. So I'll, I'll, I'll go back to that later if that's cool. That's cool. All right. So 25 teams uh, turned up to this event uh, with 100 players. Right. So I've got, I've got the image up now on the screen for you guys to see. So uh, with each with each one of the members needing to pick a Grand Alliance, uh, if we go over to Chaos, as you can see, uh, 52%, 13 of the armies were Zeech. Um, three of them being Eternal Conflagration, three of them being Host, five of them being Host Arcanum, and five of them being Host Duplicitous. Um, all very strong. And like, if you listen to Monday's show, you'll have heard like I could probably. Almost everything I talked about on Monday's show will be in each one of those like those thirteen lists, pretty much. Archeon, Flamers, Horrors, Fate Master, Kairos, Lord of Change, like smashed it. Sm <laughs> Literally looked at the list last night, and yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> smashed it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. And then you end up with some like outside picks, Slaves of Darkness. Uh, you've got uh, Knights of the Empty Throne list, a host, a Ravagers, and a Cabal list. Knights of the Empty Throne list, obviously. Uh, a thing. Um, Nurglis four uh, with uh, uh, Blessed Sons is three. Are they all? Are they all Blight Kings? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest. I, I, I 
can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure all of them are just Blight Kings in a different variation of, I'm going to take two blocks of 20. Well, I'm going to take four blocks of 10. And that's about yeah. it. So, yeah. So, like, so, uh, T-Rank Cash, I, the point isn't to bring up whether or not the game is imbalanced. The point is really that the restrictions in the event has, have caused very polarised list production. Like I think is the key point. Again, not meant to be, not meant to be critical. It's meant to just so be. The idea but... of this is solid. the The theory behind it is it's a really good idea to create that list diversity, and it probably has created diversity to a point. But the issue is, what's going to happen is that the counters to armies aren't going to be seen, and that's the issue that I've got with it mainly. And because you have to take x thing what you're seeing is in especially in chaos already i have to pick a chaos army which one am i going to pick zinch mm -hmm. and i can't pick like if i pick another one like i'm gonna have a hard time if i come up against the army that's got zinch yeah yeah that's I... the, the, the issue <sighs> with the diversity here agreed uh right so going into death flesh eater courts are uh, and obr are drawn for best representation here um and you got like a nice little um spread uh, across these like it's a lot more spread uh so you got mortis Praetor well i mean mortis praetorians are five of you nine obr with crematorians being one and let me tell you whoever that crematorian player is it must be like so tired from having to carry their balls around with them all day they must be just exhausted um because <laughs> they're so huge uh they're the normariad Astalia that's Lords. a great pick i love uh, that normariad pick you like the normariad pick yeah because they've clearly known we're going to be playing zinch and seraphon both magic armies. Noel Myriad has the magic defense, doesn't it? Yeah, which is which is genuinely really interesting, right? The ignore. Uh, Bay Nothos says, with such a strong bend towards specific order chaos armies, is it possible to build a destruction death army whose sole purpose is to take down Zinch or Seraphon? Can you lean into a single meta to your advantage at the moment? So this is what, we, when you talk about team lists, the team lists are specifically, they're either meant to do the thing that they do well, or to counter a thing that you compare them into. Like, they're very, very specific, right? Like, and so you can write lists, you're like, this is, this is the OBR list that can best deal with maybe the change host Zinch list. Um, and you could try to write that. But in some situations, you just don't have the, the, the language and list writing language inside your book to deal with some of the other, like, fringe problem things that you could put into in some yeah. situations yeah because like uh, teams is really interesting because you can just like say you can do those skew lists um so like for example the 60 liberator list i i've it's first i wanted it as a singles list and now i've realized actually it's probably a really good teams list so like having 60 a, a block of 60 liberators is a good teams list and that's a skewed list so you can look at your book and go right in singles this wouldn't work but in teams because i can potentially go right, I, I need to put this up against a magic heavy army. I need to put this up against something that doesn't have a lot of damage output. Like, you can create some really interesting stuff for your books. Like, even, even, like, I'm going to say it now, Sons of Behemoth could be a good team list. Yeah. Me, me, and, uh, me and Matt were having that exact conversation yesterday. We were like, if we made a team, what, what would we have in it? And I was like, I really want to put in Gargants because, actually, that's probably a relatively good team army. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a good team. I think it's a good team list, like because yeah. some people don't have that DPS check initially. If you don't right have that damage output, you throw gargants into someone, like they just can't deal with them, and then they just sit on the objective and do what they want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I agree with that massively. So uh, the flesh eater courts, two ballistic kin, uh, two hollow morn, uh, two uh, gristle gore. Uh, so like a nice, fair, even spread. Uh, but it's a book with, as me and Adam did a show on this previously, it's a book with like the least, one of the least war scrolls available to it. Uh, so those sub-factions do some real solid work there. Uh, Legions of Grief, four, is that four Legion of Grief lists? Yeah, I, I think this is from, um, because of Pask's Butcher's Tribe. Yep. There was, I think one of the, the Russian team took a Legion's Grief list and they've done really well. And I have a feeling people have jumped on that bandwagon and gone, this must be amazing. And I have a feeling they're going to find that it's not actually as good. You've got to be quite a good player. That's so quite run. hard. That's quite hard. Yeah, that's uh, like so, Warhammer on hard mode. <laughs> so, sorry, some of you some of you might be a little bit confused when I'm talking about the pairings, like Lord Vandaldeck has just said in the chat. So let me just be quite clear. 
you have the two teams of four pair up against each other and the way you decide who plays is basically via a card system so if me and adam were playing we both put our first defenders in secretly so we pick one of our four armies we put them in secretly together face down then we'd flip them and then i'd take two of my remaining three armies to attack adam's defender he'd do two against me Adam would choose two of my one of my two attackers to play against his defender. I would choose two of his attackers. Well, sorry, one of his two attackers to play against my defender, and that's how the process will work. Uh, and then you go through it one more time, uh, and then so that's how you do your pairing. So that first defender that goes in has to be like able to deal with everything, or it's getting thrown under the bus to get some points out of a match, so that it can potentially all the other matches are good. So you can get basically get three out of four wins by taking a loss it sounds super confusing but as soon as because I, uh, before i'd actually done pairings uh i had no idea how it worked like genuinely no idea i was like every time someone explained it, it was like i was like what what do you mean and then we did the super series i was like oh, i get it i got this <laughs> and it's really fun uh, if you guys want like some complex it is awesome yeah, if you guys want some complex breakdown of how you can do pairings and, and uh, in the 40k setting, we do a show on that on Sunday nights at 7.30, which is really cool with Tom and Neil uh, talking about WTC. But yeah, that, that that's a really important point because when you have, so you sometimes will write a list so it's also going to be a defender as well. Um, anyway, right, so uh, moving on to order, which really yeah. is... Because so one of the things also to discuss at the moment is order are like riding high. They've got some of the best performing armies in the game, all in their Grand Alliance. So Seraphon, what the best performing army? Daughters of Cain, uh, right up there as well. Deepkin above, I think Daughters of Cain. There's a conversation about that, but generally at the moment, uh, so those three, those three, and Zinch probably in like a top four of their own. I think the, 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 the reason order are probably the best like grand alliance is first they've got the most armies mm-hmm. and second they've probably got the most design space available to order armies so destruction armies are fight death armies survive res chaos armies are probably about the same but they're generally to do with like um they, they, their gods are specific in my sense and they've only got like four or six real armies whereas order you've got this scope to do anything they want which is why you see more order armies and like lots of different like top tier builds i think yeah yeah uh sorry lord valdek so yeah the matches I, I i didn't explain that so then the matches are 1v1 so you do the pairing process to produce four 1v1 matches and then the team who gets the best overall score from all those 1v1 matches they're the winner that's how it works team's yeah. best format ever it's yeah. great teams is the best format uh like we all think um, uh, so Draconda says, I have to admit, seeing such little diversity in the list here, this kind of event would not be for me. When I go to an event, uh, I like to see the range of different armies. Now, it's the restrictions that I think have caused some of this, although all you would have actually seen, like Pete said earlier in the chat, you would have just seen more order armies at this event and a lot, a lot less destruction and death. So it's done a good job in making there be more representation in destruction and death, but they're just it, so the, the point that i think um so the, the thing is what he's done is created list diversity to an extent um but again with so you're going to see more destruction but the issue is those destruction armies are probably going to be rubbish because there's going to be nothing they, they, they can't be paired into seraphon or zinch because they lose so yep. every team they're just going to get thrown under the bus thrown under the bus thrown under the bus whereas if we had seen if it had been opened up and you had, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something that they're good into. Even Lumineth. So Lumineth, destruction into Lumineth. Because they can just go and smash what little stuff they have. You can say, okay, that are, that team has got Seraphon, Lumineth, uh, KO and Fire Slayers. Like, so they're all order armies. But now my destruction army has a chance to do something. Yeah. If that makes yeah, any yeah, sense. Yeah. So like, I, it, even though you might see less destruction, those destructions have a chance. Yeah, no, it, uh, that makes absolutely loads of sense. I hope that and, makes I, sense. I, and I agree also what uh, Mando- <laughs> I, I agree what Mandolly says. Uh, the benefit uh, of the most highly tuned list playing against other similar lists instead of the variety, you get an emphasis on tactical play as opposed to the stronger army just kicking the fuck out of the like the weaker armies, right? Um, uh, but there, like, and uh, that's not to say that every destruction army will lose to every order army. Clearly, that's not what's being said. Yeah, uh, we're saying that they generally 
based on re- event results. I know we're a narrative channel and we don't like data, uh, but um, <laughs> generally, generally they tend to not do as well. So, like, averagely, let's put it that way. Yeah, um, but like destruction, just because we know in this uh, meta that's been created, there's thirteen Seraphon lists and there's thirteen Zinch lists. Destruction are going to have a real hard time trying to pair into 26 armies like that. Yeah, agree. Whereas if it, if it was opened a bit more, you'd see maybe, even though you'd still probably see, you potentially see the same Seraphon, but you'd also see things that they have a, like they, there'd be things that they have more of a chance against because people would go, right, I need to counter Seraphon. How do I counter Seraphon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas or, with this, I mean, it stops oh, that. Yeah, or as Owen's talking about, so there is a team event, teams event, TTS event that's happening at the minute. Um, called the Butcher's Tribe, and like Owen was just talking about there, like there's a lot of OBR mirror matches that are occurring at the event because everyone's trying to dodge catapults. For example, Gits into OBR is a real hard counter to Gits because those catapults are awful to Gits for so many ways. Like they're just they're really really tough. So there's a there's an entire conversation about that. And do you throw your Gits in to lose versus the OBR to take the OBR out? But the OBR aren't even really the big threat ultimately. The Seraphon and the, the, the Zinch are the big threat. Like, so you're not really even taking out one of the big hitters out of the pool of armies to play. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, interesting. So let me just go through it. So Seraphon, 50%, 52% of the factions. Um, uh, so you've got eight Fangs of Sotek, uh, two Thunder Lizard, uh, and three... What's DT again? Dracothian's Tail. Dracothian's tail. Thank you very much. Oh, Chris, thank you very much for subscribing. Serpator6 in the chat. Uh, Serpator in the chat, by the way, has just started doing some painting streams. If anyone wants to go and hang out with him while he paints, uh, he's trying to use it to get motivated and get his like hobby mojo back. So I super appreciate that. So go check him out. Um, Deepkin, only three. See, what's so interesting to see Deepkin, three armies only. Uh, cities, two. Um, uh, Daughters of Cain, four of the... So they're the second most popular order army, Daughters of Cain. Uh, with there being a, a full split. So there's one Dry Chikaneth, there's one Keltnar, uh, there's one Calibron, and there's one Hagnar list. Uh, so a nice little spread. And then the, uh, the Fire Slayers have obviously got their little Hermdar list in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw the Fire Slayers about... list, and I didn't even need to look at the sub-faction before I started writing Hermdar. <laughs> <laughs> Fire Slayers. It's like, uh, uh, what did, uh, so we're doing this. I'm really enjoying the shows that we're doing on the Monday at the minute, right? Like, I, I'm excited about them now. Like, we did the Zinch one on Monday, and I really enjoyed it. And then uh, we're doing Ogres on Monday this coming. Yeah? And I was like, and I oh, said to yeah. Nathan, and Nathan's like, what do I need to know? If anyone like, wants to buy an Ogre army, please let me know. <laughs> uh. Nathan and James were like, what, what do we need? I was like, okay, you need to read Boulderhead and Blood Gullet. I see, I haven't even looked at the structure yet. Boulderhead and Blood Gullet. You need to read the Stonehorn War Scroll and the Mournfang World Scroll, and the Yulbad Battalion. And they were like, what about anything else? I was like, no. Not unless you're a man called Stuart. Otherwise, no. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, you might want a Butcher. Did you say Butcher? Yeah, Butcher. Yeah, you can look at the Butcher in. Scroll. You get thrown in. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, a Rehan, uh, Kruger, if you message... Uh... If you email the honestwargamer at gmail.com, email that, and then uh, I'll get back to you. With, with all your gifts. Uh, yeah, with the weak git picks. Please do. Uh, anyway, so moving on to ogres, what have we got? Ten. Uh, ten ogres. Ten yeah, ogres. OP. Yeah. They're nearly as strong as Seraphon, clearly. So strong. 40% of the uh, the whole book. And four of them are Blood Gullet. Four of them are Boulder Head. Uh, one. Um, one guy <laughs> has gone, hey lads, I'm going to take Thunderbellies. And his team's like, no, don't do it. And he's like, I'm doing it. I'm doing I don't care what you say. <laughs> don't you dare! Don't you dare mess with me. Um, uh, have you looked through these lists? Is there anything? Is there anything outlandish? Uh, there's one that doesn't have a sub faction. So there's one guy that's gone. Now, nah, mate, I'm not taking sub faction. Do you want to know his list? Yeah, I do. All the frost sabers. Oh god, with a hunter. Yeah, okay. that's it. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> you do you, boat. <laughs> Now, the interesting thing about the Destruction book is actually, uh, if you took the uh, the Uruk Warclans book and you broke it out, which it has done here, Iron Jaws, Big War, and Bone Splitters, actually, they're five Iron Jaws, five Big War, and one Bone Splitter. So actually, 11. So that book yeah. is the most represented book. Uh, but it's obviously split up into this kind of three. Yeah, I prefer, I, anytime I see them, I, I split them up because 
that they are three completely different armies. Yeah, so... agreed. agreed. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I think you split them up, uh, ultimately. Right, so, uh, as you can, so, like, and then there's uh, the Iron Jaws are split between Blood Tooths and Iron Sons. Uh, the Blood Tooths sli- lists are cool. Okay, all right. Yeah, they, they, they've gone for the, um, you know, at Super Series, they did, yeah. uh, the Bruces had the Blood Tooths list of 30 Yard Boys. Yeah. Pretty much all of the Bloodtooth's list are that, but with like 25, maybe 30-yard boys that they're just going to teleport and go, deal with me. And then if I die, 4+, plus, I'm coming back. Yeah, pretty much. Amazing. Love it. Amazing. Amazing. Good uh, for that's teams. good. Okay. All right. Nice, nice. Uh, that's that's super cool. So, like, overall, overall, there's, like, a, there's a real, like, good conversation here in that, uh, like, the restriction hasn't created a lot of variety, it seems. But then I guess the real conversation is, is what would the game really look like if you took this away? Like, if you were building a team, you'd put, like, Seraphon in, maybe you'd put Fire Slayers in, uh, maybe you put Deepkin in, and you could easily put KO or Lumineth in. So you could quite comfortably, like, choose out of order, I think, yeah. without ever needing to add anything yeah. else in. Um, so, Adam, have you got, like, you got... I know you've got some thoughts on this. What are your thoughts? So, I... Uh, I, I, I'm not a fan of this... Uh, format, but that's why I haven't entered the format because you know if you haven't if you don't like a format just don't enter it. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's the best thing to do, right? Um, so um, the the issue that I've got with the four having to take one from each grand alliance is that when you have something like Seraphon, what do I counter Seraphon with? And in my opinion, most of the Seraphon counters are within order. Okay. So yeah. like KO. Like you mass shooting, I can take out your characters. Um, I, uh, there's a, a Deepkin potentially are a good into Seraphon. So when you when you take out when all my list has one order army, I'm gonna take Seraphon because I know Seraphon can deal with Seraphon. Yeah. If that makes any sense. So it does. You, what you'll end up, I think, even in the pairings, you're gonna see right. I want to get my Seraphon into their Seraphon. And, it's just, and you're just it's gonna. Just, it's... That's what you have. It's just a because I don't want my destruction into there. If I put my destruction in there, I auto lose. And that goes the same with the chaos. If I've got my now my Zinch list, if I'm looking at that, I'm going, right, I know I'm playing Zinch. What counter Zinch? In uh, order, where do I look in order to counter Zinch? Right, uh, Lumineff is probably a good pick against Zinch. As we saw like in the match with Steve and Matt the other day, yep. like that played really, really well, right? And Lumineff did well into that list. Um, but you, you look at those things and you're like, where do I now pull my counter from? Because do I pull it from death? Not really. Like, where is, what is death doing to counter Zinch and Seraphon? Not a lot. Um, destruction. Can I counter from there? No. So now you've got two armies that you're going, what do I do with? If you opened it up, you'd still see destruction or, uh, destruction and death armies because, now I'm thinking about those people that are countering Seraphon and Zinch, I can counter with a death and a destruction army. So my yeah. death, I want something really tanky. So I'm going to build like 80 Mortec Guard that just walk forward and do their thing. And you, it opens, when you have everything open, you're going to look at saying, right, I'm going to counter this with this, but then I'm going to use my destruction army to try and do something there. Or I can use my destruction and my death army as attackers for the whatever defender they put out. So I think that's like like you open it up more, but you will see you probably see less destruction and death, but you'll see more overall armies, mm-hmm. which is more diverse. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think I I think that there are ways to create like more diversity, but ultimately some of those armies just play differently. I think if you allow everything to be out on the table, you actually go right. Seraphon's in my list, and I'd put DOK in my list all day. I think that they're like, like, eleven out of ten. I think that I think they're as busted as Seraphon. Not Daughters of Cain, sorry, Deepkin. Uh, I know Deepkin. I yeah. think that they're. I think they're. I think they're hundred percent at Seraphon level. Like a hundred percent. You just have to. That's where my argument falls down a little bit, because you you then go, all right, I'm gonna take Seraphon and Deepkin. Yeah. Like so, that is where this has created more list diversity, which is cool. Like, but. I just think you, you, because of how it's done, you go, order, right, I'm taking Seraphon. Chaos, right, I'm taking Zinch. Death, okay, I'm taking OBR. Destruction, 
Destruction is probably the only tricky one. <laughs> but then it's between orcs or ogres. Well, I don't know. Flesh Eater Course is still incredibly good. Like, there's so much output in Flesh Eater Course. They definitely beat that conversation we were talking about with, like, the DPS check. I mean, ultimately, though, like, this whole conversation is thank you to Matt Turrell for, like, setting it up uh, and also for the teams playing in the event. Like, the idea, be... again, the idea in theory it might, is a good idea. I just don't personally think it's worked in practice. Agreed. Agreed. And, and it's, people it's... can like disagree with that. Like, that's fine. You know, I disagree with this format. You can disagree with me. That's all good. <laughs> I think one of the things that we can see in the future, ultimately, is we're going to have lots of team events that are being set up. Like, here in the UK, we have Blood Tithe coming up. Um, and I think that's, uh, like, and, and seeing how the formatting is going to be done for that is going to be interesting. I think when, uh, if you look at something like uh, six-man ETC or eight-man WTC format, you generally, when it's eight-man or six-man, you, you have to have diversity because there's so much in there. You allow, you allow for it. But, like, probably practically in, like, your local environment, four-man teams, it probably feels like it's the most, like, three feels weird. I want to quote my friend Mark Wilson. He said, three is weird because it's just like two of you are mates and then there's like the third wheel <laughs> i was like yeah probably like psychologically threes is weird but fours make loads of sense i think i think fours are good and um you're probably going to see this format a lot and what can we do as a community having had this conversation in the future to do this like better better not uh, i'm not trying to say it was different badly, but so, like do, do something that will because it was, it's really good that it's been done because it, like now we've got data to show. We've actually got some data to show what has happened when you do this. And then when if someone now does like an event that's for that's open, we can look at that data and either and show what diversity has been created in different things. So actually, do it, you can even look at this. This is really because potentially I'm, I'm I could 100% be wrong. And then when we see like when we get like a, a four man event that's opened, we could see you know. 25 seraphon players you so I, I could be completely wrong do you know what i mean like and i don't could. know for a fact this is See, all I, I think you like, should only be allowed to take one of each faction i think that's the the obvious like start off for a team's yeah. format um now obviously i've actually been through this conversation actually over the past few years so like it's nice seeing the problem rear its head again for me because like uh not to toot my own horn of course um but of course i'm a genius uh, the Super Series format is intentionally designed because as being uh, pointed out by Pete in the chat and also um, by Owen, really what you have and what we will always most likely have is an imbalanced game from the game producer. That's what we will have. Yeah. Like, I think it's very unlikely to say that we won't have these because there hasn't been a situation where we haven't had this obnoxiously over-the-top couple of armies for some reason. It just hasn't been an example of that. Like, there hasn't been a time where that's been not been true. So we always know, like, or we should at least assume, the game is going to be imbalanced in some way. So should we come up with a system to deal with that imbalance? So that's why I created the Super Series, because then it allows you to do, like, a ban format. Like, and then I thought that that was super fun, because then, yeah, you could definitely still run Seraphon if you ban, let's pick, uh, a Skink Priest. I still think you can run Seraphon probably just as well. Probably yeah, just so Seraphon, as well. Seraphon is probably the exception to your bands as well because they've got so many war scrolls. Like yeah. when 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 um, I was doing, so when we did the super series. Uh, so when we were talking in our chat about what to ban, it was like right, what do we ban for Seraphon? And we had a Seraphon player in our team, and we were like right, what do we ban? Because we want to ban something. Um, and we used we banned Salamanders and as an offensive ban, but it was also defensive, so they couldn't ban our Skink Priest. Yeah, yeah. But like, Salamander is probably one of the best war scrolls in it. But it didn't matter that we banned it because we could still make a really good list. You still, you still can. Whereas I think you can, like, I think you can, I think you can neuter most of the other armies. Uh, like you can yeah. neuter Deepkin um, in, in the ban phase. Daughters of Cain, you could definitely neuter um, in, in a load of ways. Uh, like uh, Lumineth, I think you can neuter. Uh, Ko, I think you can neuter. You could just ban out the Ironclad straight off, and I think they're OBR, a Mortec Crawler. Yeah, OBR Life. Crawler being gone, I think, is important. Now, I'm not, like, banging on, because I know not everyone in the world is going to be playing Super Series events. Not yet. One day. Uh, we'll do that, <laughs> we hope. Uh, but what can we do in, like, the uh, immediate... Um, yeah, <laughs> Seraphon is so wild that even Super Series Bandit can't probably bring them in. Because probably Skink Priests are the main issue. Uh, not Skink Priests. Skinks are probably the issue, really, with Seraphon. And so the ban yeah. phase 
can't hit them because it doesn't do battle light. Um, but what could you do at at a bigger event? Let's say you were going to run like so, a, a national teams event. What could you do? I to I like um, someone in the chat. I think it was I think it was the guy that ran all those blade geists. He was in the Forgive. chat earlier. He was talk- yeah, that's it. So he was um, chatting about doing like a there was a format ages ago where you rank armies in like a tier system and they cost points mm-hmm. and you sort of do your team like maybe like a fantasy football thing so you get x amount of points to spend and your team has to uh so like you buy an army with your points so like let's say i don't know seraphon let's say you get 50 points but seraphon costs you 25 and then you may have to start taking things like sylvaner and beast of chaos to like build the rest of the team up oh i get it that's fun. So, like, your, te- your team is... Your, like, each army is given, like, an amount that it's worth, and then you buy it. That's fun. That's a really yeah. cool system. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's super cool. Uh, I like the idea also... But if you pay, pay for Seraphon, you've got to, like, maybe... You've probably got to take Sylvaneth or, like, Beast of Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that one of the things I like the idea of of doing team events inside a format that's just a Grand Alliance. So this is an order mm. team event. And then you're like, this is yeah. a chaos team event. And this is a death team event. And then you put those restrictions in that each one of your team members can only pick one army from each faction as well. And then you would just have like a... And you could theme the story around it. That like you could have a competitive event where... So like, when you say it's just an order team event, feel like, oh, but I'm a destruction player. Like, cool, there'll be one for you too. This is just this one for this. Like, I, I feel like we try so hard as a community for everyone to be allowed to be involved all the time. But what that really does is that pushes everyone out. Like, I think we should start um, looking at people. So we should be, be getting profiles about people and debating what armies they play and just banning people. <laughs> <laughs> like oh if you own Seraphon, no. If you have, <laughs> if you've like got Seraphon and Zinch, you'd like extra no. <laughs> like, and you would just start like profiling people about what I armies think- they play. I think there's I think there's loads of names for that, Adam, and we should not go down that line of uh no? <laughs> <line> oh. of... <laughs> <laughs> We always talk about inclusivity, but as Owen said, we need more exclusivity. More exclusivity, I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, no. You're a bad <laughs> Um uh, could you do something similar for singles events? We're talking about com and I like I, I think trying to be creative other than like doing comp stuff i like so we're gonna go back to a game this is the other thing as well like some fascinating stuff i was having a very very long conversation with a couple of friends yesterday about terrain yeah i was having a long conversation about terrain what like and so at the super series for instance in the event pack you can't there's no uh to quote vince uh if it if it can't fit it can't sit uh so no modelly wobble like no wobbly model syndrome um, I just, cool I, yeah, I just Bye. have like, I just have all terrain impassable. I'm just like, sweet. Like, because like it creates an amazing setup. So if you have yeah. two objectives, let's say focal points opposite each other, you just put something in the middle, bam. And it's like, you have to go around that now already creates like, are you flanking or are you going through the middle, which is already going to be choked up because that's where the battle's happening already. Like it already allows for some great mechanical play. Like it's super fascinating. Like there's loads, like. We never talk about map design in Age of Sigmar, and I will do. I'm going to do a whole show on it. I'm very excited. I think it's like a thrilling subject, and I think that that is something you could do, not only to produce more fun games, super important to me, making more fun games for everyone, more fun games, but also more interactive games. I think the, you could the, do that the terrain you. will comp armies, which is what you want to see. So, like, if you had impactful terrain, it's going to comp certain armies. So, like, if you've got um, so like, like you, you talk about in the Sunday show with the 40k guys they specifically put armies on certain boards because if they don't put it on that board it won't work yeah and yeah, if yeah. you have that in Age of Sigma so you have especially in teams if you have boards that are like this one is ridiculously heavy on terrain some armies just won't work anymore and that is good because it means that like my opponent now in the pairings process has to go I know they can't put that army there so I know they're going to have to put it later on. So then they can use that in the pairings as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 like, I think, like, no, understanding the maps, understanding the, like, the play style. Like, 
I think there's loads to break down. And so Arepa said, like, I, like I'm, so I'm going to do a whole show on that. I'm going to do that next week. So if you guys want to tune in for that, I'll let you know ahead of time which day it's going to be. Probably Wednesday, uh, so a week today. Um, uh, should be should any terrain give cover in your opinion? I had a long chat with uh, Vince about this yesterday. Actually, um, I don't really see why. Like I get it, like because you're greedy. You're like, I want to put my little character in cover, and they're like, all right, I don't care. What they should be is area terrain, or like in 40k, let's say nine inches by five inches i think that's quite like nice actually if you do the math right nine inches by five inches and then that is just line of sight blocking and what I, like, and it, yeah. like in 40k it's obscuring in age sigma it's just line of sight blocking and let's say like 10 wounds or more then it's not obscured the fly that's keywords why i like to do with it. um who is it owen so owen's maps for hammer time he started doing so he puts the terrain down so everyone's playing on the same terrain right but also he's started doing on the actual terrain. He started putting the magical terrain bits and pieces. But a TO can take those bits, the ones that they want, and you get rid of like arcane, you get rid of commanding, you get rid of all the stupid ones, but you just start taking things like overgrown. So overgrown is this terrain pieces blocked line of sight. So now you have this massive, I don't know, woods or whatever that just says, right, it's overgrown. And it you blocks line of woods. Sight. Like you could just, it could just be a hill. But that's what I mean, like, you, you, you do, like, any piece of terrain that's large, you say, the TO just says, like, puts a token next to it and says, yeah, that's overgrown. Yeah. Or you have one that says, I don't know, uh, you've got the entangling one. So say you don't want all these alpha armies just going straight in. You can have just a load of entangling in the middle. Yeah. Like, a and war just that. Yeah, Warmaster wants to say that you can block your opponents in the deployment zone if you make all terrain deployable because of the boats. Obviously, number one, like hard and fast comp, which I think everyone in the world is super okay with, apart from Deepkin players. But honestly, and I mean this from the depth of my heart, fuck off. Is you're allowed one boat, and I've it cannot deploy, and, and it must be and it must be deployed in your territory. End conversation. Like um, li- I disagree. Yeah, of course you do. As course an owner do. of two boats, <laughs> um, I I really enjoy blocking people in my boat. Especially what was that mission that had the two little deployment zones? Uh, yeah. Last year, <laughs> and you literally like you, you you look at your opponent dead in the eye and be like, "I'm putting my two boats here." <laughs> no, just and flat just go, out. You can't deploy here now. Someone's like, "I don't like your event." <laughs> You've said that I'm only allowed one boat and I can't block my opponent in. And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Well, I feel that's unfair." And I'm like, "I literally do not care unfair. how you feel about that." I, ever. I don't care. I, at my events, you can have four boats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> eight boats like honestly who thinks that's okay who honestly think that's okay who honestly turns up to a table puts two boats in front of their opponent and be like this is honestly okay like i feel like i would fight on a mat about this issue you're an idiot like i just gonna all day like who thinks it who thinks that this is an okay thing to do like ever because i do it all the time especially you know in that remember the triangle deployment and you can put your boats in a triangle yes <laughs> it's insane. It's insane that anyone thinks that's that, that that's okay, and they're like, "Yeah, I, I can't." Like, "Hey, mate, that really nice to meet you. Oh, nice to meet you too. I hope we have a really fun game." Oh yeah, me too. I hope we have loads of fun. By the way, boats. Yeah, I'm like, why don't you just <laughs> kick me in the dick instead? Like, it'd be save us both time. See, my like... issue was the drunker I got, the worse I got with the boats. <laughs> so like, normally I'd be like, "I'm just gonna put them here," and then like, I get drunk and just be like, "Right, they're going there. Have it." <laughs> <laughs> like, no. <laughs> uh, right, so anyway, to be nice just goes. But, so yeah. like, I would make so I'd make stuff obscuring uh, because I think that that would be really really important for events, and I think that that would produce some diversity. Like, so one of the f- amazing things that's happened in 40k is what they've done with terrain. Shout out to the WTC organizers for terrain, Ishik specifically, uh, Musaka Koala. Thank you for resubscribing. Um, so and now funny. some people around the world think that that's too much terrain, which is a great conversation. Maybe there's too much terrain in WTC boards. Maybe there's too much terrain or not enough terrain in other boards but importantly it affects the game quite well you can genuinely say to yourself these 10 dudes with a six up save in a shooting game probably can survive a few turns like probably can like because they can just hide behind a building like can't see me i'm not dead well like, unless they've got sentinels well i know but sentinels is again throw that conversation you can't like you can't be like well the whole throw the whole game in the bin because of one war scroll yeah i think we should um, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, my point is, um, is that if you just did that, 
the game would change irrevocably. Area terrain, a certain size, and you have two, maybe four pieces of just like you're like that's obscuring, and you're like if you can draw a line at all, you can't you can't shoot across it. Like, and the, the, you've got some pretty fast units, you'll be fine for moving stuff around. But I think that that would be so good for the game, and like couldn't. Bliss like, yeah. seekers would be even better. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know it. Bob, Bob says, fuck the sailors. <laughs> Pete says, I played against a Deepkin player once who won the roll-off to place Faction Train and completely blocked off all the areas I could place my Loon Train so I couldn't use it. Really fun game. Really good. Really interactive. Really, really positive. Yeah. Uh, Warmaster, maybe an idea, a TO course about how to organize a tournament. Okay, Warmaster. I, it's just things that I would put in the game. And let me talk about why uh, this event is a great conversation for this whole conversation. And that's because, and like it's been really fun, Adam, uh, us talking about this today, is because we're going to get back into events soon. Yeah. There's going to be well, loads, well, well, you know, <laughs> next year or so. There's going to be loads of new TOs and young TOs from around the world, right? And like, yeah. Now, one of the things that I do a lot is I watch games of Warhammer being played all the time. And I talk to TOs and I go around the world to different events. Well, that's what I did anyway. And the important point is, is these problems recur. And some TOs don't get a lot of reps in. For example, Owen uh, has run seven events, like, oh no, eight, nine, or whatever it is, with Fat Middle and some other bits. Um, That's a lot of, like, whereas if you do the one Age of Sigmar, like, if you run Adepticon, let's say, I honestly don't know if he does more than Adepticon. If you just dust Adepticon, and next year you're like, well, I'll take those lessons I've learned this year and I'll apply them to next year with potentially a whole different game. Like, whereas if you're doing, like, like yeah, 20... but this, this is where TTS has been really, really good um, because we've been able to try lots of different styles of events. So, like, you've seen Owen did the Fat Middle event. I did, the like, the Secret Santa event. Uh, yeah. We've done... We've seen the Butcher's Tribe event with the three-man teams uh, rather than, like, four or six. Um, and then you've got this event, which is another thing to try. Like, and that's why it's a good thing because we, we can... Look at events, and because no one's paying for them, no one cares if it doesn't work. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. So, like, if, if you want to try something, you know that you're not going to get any backlash because people are paying 45 quid for a ticket. Yeah. And if yeah, it doesn't yeah. work, you're not going to have people moaning that are like, oh, I want my money back. Like, you know, whatever. If it doesn't work, don't work. Yeah, because you're, you're trying to put on a good event, right? What happens? Yeah. Yeah, you're trying to put on a good, you're trying to put on a good, good event, and you're also, in my opinion, like, sometimes fighting against the game to make people have a fun time like you really are like if you do like right okay we want to get like 100 people there's all these amazing prizes for the people who win like all this other stuff you're like okay great and loads of people are like wow that's like that's in an amazing venue the trophy's insane like the prestige is wicked i want to win it i'm gonna pick my seraphon army i'm gonna go and i'm gonna smash yeah? yeah, but for the other people who are like that event looks cool, I want to go be a part of that. I'm gonna run my Gits army. That guy might just have a terrible time because of the meta, right? Like probably won't because he's a Gits player. Just have ze- go zero and five and be like, how was your weekend? Yeah. Like probably the best weekend of my life. But Had a great gonna time. See, we're gonna see like the, because of TTS events. I reckon next year events are gonna be different to what we're used to because literally like last year, the year before, when we were doing events, every event felt the same. Uh-huh. The only difference was the venue and the food. Like that—that that was it, really. Whereas now we, we might see a lot of variation in events. Like this event that I go to, they're going to take this bit from one of the TTS events that works. This bit event, I'm going to take something from this that works, and I, we're going to just get some really, really good, cool events. Yeah, agreed. Now talking about cool events, and because uh, we come to the end of the show, I'm just going to announce right now an exclusive on the Honest War Gamer: the announcement of Hammer Time Eight. That's right, Woo-hoo! Hammer Time Eight. Uh, oh yeah now it's a online again tts event and it's six games over the course of two days now you guys 100 percent. there's only 128 slots and this i want you guys to get involved right i want 128 players at this event we're doing the live coverage we're going to be there we're going to be talking about it it's going to be super good the link's going to be in the chat or links in the chat now the link's going to be in the podcast you've never tried it before let's do it let's go for it it's going to be super fun i'm looking forward to it so uh, sign up for that so amazing. let's go let's go got another look. exclusive yeah go for it uh cabbage just asked so i'm going to run the uh kinder surprise event at easter okay. and yes i am 
Oh, I, I don't so know what that have, is. What is that? So, so, remember I did the Secret Santa? Yeah. Kinder Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what list you're going to get again. It's going to be great, and I'm going to make all the lists. All right, I'm into that. That's that hilarious. Fun. All right, well, Adam, thanks for See doing you. this with me today. It's been super fun. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Love it. Uh, uh, so next Wednesday, we'll do the terrain, we'll do the terrain chat uh, for you guys. Um, and then eventually, maybe I'll formulate all this stuff into kind of like a condensed blog post for some stuff uh, that I think is important. The, the, the key point and the key takeaway for everyone, I think, is that the, the TOs and also us as players, we should be trying to design the best environment for all of us to go play in. Be that like, because it's like, good food like good times good chat whatever it might be but also so the games are as fun as we can possibly make them and design and like the different formats might not be for everyone but that's good if you run a teams event only destruction that's super cool for all the destruction players it's not terrible because you don't get to play in it it's great because you do get to do something cool more of that in the future is what i'm hoping for so let's do it Uh, all right adam any shout outs before we go um yes Oh, um, Matt Mallow? Yeah, let's just go Matt, because he's in yeah. the chat. I like he's Matt. He's, he's a babe. And he's, really he, sh- he gave me most of the ideas for the show anyway. So you probably should have <laughs> asked him to come on. So I just stole all his stuff and just claimed it as my own. But it's fine. Uh, love a good cab here at Moonwalk at the side of the building. No more of that, JP. We've batted that straight off. That's no more of that. Right, um, you're all great. I want to thank the Twitch chat. Thank you for joining me every day. Podcast guys, thank you for joining me every day. And YouTubers really appreciate it we're still trying to get the numbers high so that we can get the partner thing uh, i'm a little bit despondent about it at this point but i'd love you to join me and also the sunday the 21st of this month so 20 sunday the 21st of march is our one year stream street birthday 10 hours of special guests and hanging out it's gonna be super fun we're doing giveaways prizes oh, can i win we're doing prizes i want to win so, what, what uh, do i win uh well uh, we're gonna do uh 3d printed models which look pretty and i have one anyway uh, no, that uh, is the answer. Right, you're always our partner. Thanks. You're all great. Love you tons. Have a great day.